Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. Join a panel of hosts who believe Jeremy Saulnier's tense punk rock thriller Green Room was the best movie of 2016. Some hosts who liked it a little less, and someone seeing it for the first time. Along the way, you'll get spoilers for Green Room, Home Alone, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and District 9. If you listen to our uh, top 10 lists of 2016, you may have noticed that, spoiler alert on that particular episode, several of us listed the film Green Room at the very tops of our list. In fact, Tyler and I had it at number one of the yeah. whole year. I actually said it, that I had it at number one first. It's true, but I liked it more. I had it more at number There's one. There's no way to quantify that, but we can listen back to the episode and prove that I said it first. Yes, we can confirm that the counterclockwise <laughs> rotation of the table <laughs> let you go first. But okay. yeah. we, well. we've wanted an excuse to talk about Green Room since we first saw it and we're thrilled with it. Tyler wrote a blog about it, but, you know, it was kind of a, a what's the word? I don't know, a sneaky movie. A, lo- a lot of people didn't make it out. It had a yeah. short and small run in theaters. I wrote a, I wrote a blog about it uh, because it was, it was a spoiler-free blog, and I wrote it last year at some point after seeing it because it was this kind of film, this indie film that you hear about, but you for whatever reason can't really find it playing in theaters so you have to like search for it and wait for yeah. it and then when it finally comes you have to rush to the theater to see it and I went in super pure to it as well uh, and it it was just this the kind of movie magic the, the movie experience that like just like really it really gets you, you know? it was your number one movie it was my number one movie of the year yeah so yeah. we found hey, mine too to do an episode <laughs> oh Matt's here <laughs> By uh, <laughs> sitting down in a room together and l- experiencing Green Room for the first time with none other than Bethany Allen, who's here on the show tonight. Hello. Now, if you know you don't, if you don't follow you hate movies closely, as I'm sure one or two of you do, but apparently a, a wide plethora of people follow us so closely that they claim they could win at you hate movies trivia. So, trivia. so say many people on the internet. Yeah. So you guys can argue about that in the comment section of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but we do this recurring bit called First Impressions where we sit down and watch a movie that maybe a bunch of us like already or some of us have never seen. And then we get to evaluate those first impressions with familiar and less familiar parties. So Patrick's here and he has he had seen Green Room before. Yeah, I saw it in theaters and, and then I saw it once on Blu-ray and then this is the third time seen it on blu-ray wow you may have heard his pseudo accent already but matt is here as well yep it's a pretend accent that i <laughs> make up as and when the situation arises i guess we don't have one. any evidence that he's really from i mean I has anyone ever seen him in england <laughs> <laughs> yeah there there's photographic i have an english oh, passport <laughs> i've no, never here it comes here comes the accent <laughs> See, look, here comes the it comes accent in thick when i need it to prove a point in an argument i've never seen a photo of him in england i he, sent you a picture of the tree that my village is named after in england today <laughs> Tree could have been yeah. from anywhere. Who could have said, been any "Here's tree. a tree"? Uh, my village is <laughs> named. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice. I didn't know what you meant uh, when you said village. I was we, thinking something local. We have a "You I Hate Movies" know. group text, and for whatever reason, Matt sent us a photo <laughs> of a tree today, and I said, was "And said this is the tree my village was named after." <laughs> That's it. We had no context, no pre-conversation. And we're in America, so we don't understand what a village is. You have villages here, don't no. you? In America, Not we anymore. don't send we each other those. photos of trees. <laughs> you know what Violently it was? Probably. I was feeling homesick, so I looked at a Google Earth of my mom and dad's house, Aww. and then I went, 
why don't I find that tree that my village is named after and send it to my friends so they know That's where nice. I come from? It was pretty unimpressive in the way of trees. <laughs> in yeah, the I way mean, of it's, <laughs> it's not amazing. It's just an oak tree. Trees. <laughs> it's just got light-colored leaves, so it was called fair oak. Can we go back to <laughs> this is an indie film? Hold on now. We haven't got there yet. And also, Abby <laughs> is here on the show as well, and she had seen Green Room. I have. Upon protest initially, and I think in the top 10 of 2016 episode, she admitted that I talked her into watching it by saying, watch the first 10 minutes. And I suckered her in that way. Yeah. That's good. Got her. Got her. Yep. Now I saw it in theaters twice because I like it the most. Goodness, oh, this guy. Yeah. So, send us a picture of a what tree. What does everybody need? <laughs> There's lots of angles we can go about this, but I think let's just go ahead and uh, have Bethany put her cards on the table. Since everyone else has admitted that they like Green Room, Bethany, what was your experience like just now watching Green Room for the first time? Well, wait, is it an indie film? Yes. <laughs> it yeah. is? It is it's an so independent. It independent did, uh, horror film? Did it ever get a, a full release, a wide release? It did, yeah. I think so. What's Very the category? Short. Is this do a you, horror film? Do you understand yeah. what an independent movie is? It without mm, meaning poor. that it was produced without the financing of a major yeah. studio. Yeah. See how I did that? I said poor. Yeah, 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 yeah it's a poor show. movie. To a, sum up. Is A twenty four? A twenty four is the production house, yeah. Right. But they're they're always cranking out quality films. Freaking amazing and movies. They're usually lower budget in the films oh. you know it's actually true that recently i thought to myself i thought watching a trailer for the black coat's daughter yeah that looked so which good which is an a24 picture yep. that looks really interesting and i thought man I, I actually can't recall another time where there's a production house that has been so closely associated with right. quality in my book personally Absolutely. it's at that point now where i will see i will go to the a24 website to see what movies they are making because <laughs> i know those will be movies i will want to see that's yeah. pretty, pretty interesting yeah now um to Just answer to give your you, give you context they also made swiss army man which you loved yeah and the I lobster like which was great didn't see that one. Oh, it's oh, a it was good weird time. about your life choice like a lobster no <laughs> <laughs> okay. to, he's her to lobster answer your second question. off track off track sorry the genre is a bit of a, a, qu a question mark. Uh, a lot of people would like to categorize it as a horror movie, and I'm going to surprise you guys since I've often advocated on the show f for the categorization of horror movies where people tend to not like they're too cool to call their movie a horror movie when they would say things like psychological thriller, which just is a smart way of saying horror movie. You know, I think an easy example is I said Black Swan is absolutely a horror movie, but people are afraid to call it that because it makes it sound like it's less smart somehow mm -hmm. or something. But I actually don't think of Green Room as a horror movie at all. I think of it as more of a, a, a tense um, thriller. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know that it's a it's a it's a streamlined horror movie. It, it certainly it certainly embraces a lot of horror movie paradigms, but then it totally throws you when it ignores others. Mm -hmm. Like when you yeah. think you have it figured out, it's, it takes a left turn and you're, you were wrong because <laughs> <laughs> you sure. didn't have it figured out. Yeah. Like an ultra left. Turn so maybe. it's a somewhere between horror movie and psychological. Yeah, it's got a lot of horror movie elements in it. I think there's yeah. like a slasher genre yeah. buried mm -hmm. in there somewhere, yeah. but it's certainly and not. A and a Friday bottle room. Yeah. Kind of situation. I felt like it was way more psychological than I did. Horror. So that's, I'm like on track. Okay. I just mm. wanted to make sure because I was like this, 
I mean, it's gruesome or whatever, but it right. wasn't not like... But yeah, it's, yeah, not, it it's not like a slasher. Or, it's not a home invasion. There's nothing supernatural. And there was stuff happening in your mind about it, you know? You were no, like, I don't know. What well, you we were like more. trying to... You know, like the problem is I kind of knew the story already because you guys told me what the premise was, which was like not a problem. It was okay because I asked for it whenever I asked for it. But so I kind of knew what right. was going to be we happening. We told you that it was a punk rock band on tour Yeah. who play a show for some neo-Nazis and then... Uh, have to lock themselves in the green room yeah to defend to themselves. escape so it was that <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what it yeah. was yeah yeah so and you I, saw that coming i saw that coming so i think i probably would have been more thrilled by it if i didn't know like if i went in pure like you were saying like i think i would have been more thrilled by it but i think i liked it <laughs> I need like a Hooray. second. I think I need a second because I I You need time to process it. Yeah, and I We 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 stuck a microphone right in your face as the movie ended. Well, it's the it's first impressions. It's yeah. another thing. It's the gimmick, man. I, she's still I she's still shaking. It was a fa- the thing the only thing I can say is I think it was like a fast movie. It was faster than I thought. Like I was yeah. like it was like one, two, three, and then that was it. And that's how it felt. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean it's it felt yeah, that I mean way. sure. It's a lot, and it's an Oni and an era, era and a half, and there's a lot going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everyone was dying really quickly. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't expect the first two to go down so fast or whatever. There you go. Yeah. That's what's surprising is that in a lot of ways, it's, 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 it is a, a typical horror movie where you have young kids facing an evil system of whatever. Sure, Hill evil mutant. system of whatever. Mutant yeah. hillbillies that's or conjured I, yeah, demons. That's, that's or, how I understand yeah. Leatherface or right. Jason Voorhees. <laughs> evil system. Evil, <laughs> evil system. He's the man, that's, man. That's <laughs> well-versed in pain. Sure. And inflicting right. said, bad guy. said pain. Yeah, bad guy. So it was, an, an, it was antagonist, if you will. In that way, it was classic young kids versus evil. And in a lot of ways, it, it fit that, par- that paradigm. But w- what other horror movies do to create uh, character types... Like a leader and like a, mm-hmm. a, a right. female, the son. jock, the cheerleader, the nerdy right. girl. Yep. The you beta think you guy. think as you as this starts to develop, you think you have those those um, figured out, those characters figured out, who's gonna live and who's gonna die, and then immediately the guy that you think is gonna beat everybody yeah. is the first one dead. I thought that everyone would live, so that's why I was shocked. I thought, <laughs> oh, they're gonna collaboratively get out of there yeah. through some hole. It's not at all. It's they, not Scooby Doo, so yeah, I don't right. know why I expected <laughs> yeah. that. Instead, well, the guy I Patrick Stewart's maybe mask. one died. <laughs> maybe the blue-haired guy. That's who I probably suspected. Green hair. Whatever. Green Who's hair. bluey green? I think the first real thrill was when the girl cuts the guy's stomach just wide open. Oh, fat Boy, Justin with the somewhere. box cutter. Yeah, that yeah. just that was a. Yeah, I think that that's that the most effective response. moment of violence in the movie. I don't yeah. agree. Please you tell me what, what do you think. So the the whole the whole introduction to the film is these these punk rock this punk rock band and they they make their way onto onto this compound right yeah and there's obviously clear tension and they end up locking themselves in in uh, the green room and all this tension that keeps building you wonder if it's actually going to resolve itself or play on a different way but when they grab uh, the bass player's arm in the door jam oh, yeah. yeah and Pat's he's screaming on. and he can't pull it back and he he gets it and it it's sliced up with yeah. knives uh-huh. that was the most significant moment but it of violence. happened pretty close to each other it was like well it was yeah like it was right, right after it was a chain reaction moment. yeah because yeah. at that point they were like okay it, it all happened it in the escalate yeah totally but the that's maelstrom. when that's when things <laughs> right maelstrom yeah that's maelstrom. when things got real 
when he pulled his arm back and you saw that they were essentially chopping his hand off to get the gun that yeah. that is what haunted me most and i was like oh crap they are not getting out of here in one piece but literally yeah because of his arm did you, you see know what it? was a surprise patrick stewart <laughs> <laughs> Big surprise. Nobody told me he was going to show up. Oh. And I don't know what his stroke victim voice is, but I prefer he didn't do it. Oh, I loved, I loved his voice. It I was didn't like deep it. and slow it was like and so menacing. Weird. Didn't they yeah. say he had he, a stroke or something? No. no. He, he, they say he, was he to me, was one of the no, biggest no. pulls for the movie. I All I knew going in, I knew a little more than Tyler. I knew punk band, Nazis. Patrick Stewart is a Nazi, did and you I know went. Patrick Stewart was going to be in it? Yeah. You did? I did, and I went. He's that's, on the cover. That's all, oh. that's all I need. I was like, I love Patrick Stewart. Punk kids and Nazis and Patrick Stewart is a Nazi. I was like, I mean, I'll Captain see Picard. any any movie that's checking those boxes. It just seemed like a well, weird role for him to be. I know in. it's a shame. Like it was yeah. just, it, yeah. I couldn't tell because I had so much of Captain Picard in my head, or like what the deal was. <laughs> Professor <laughs> Xavier. Yeah, or even yeah. Even I just him. was like having a hard transition. Like, what's happening? Why are you talking weird? Like, Apparently, he came into the role pretty quickly. Yeah, he, he went from. Reading a script to being on a plane to Portland in like a day, Wouldn't and then they were shooting right seen away. Him on a, in the airplane, airport. <laughs> yeah, it would be. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Cool. He's nice. He's, he's here. A, he's a, a sir? very handsome older man. Sir Patrick Stewart. Was he a sir? I don't know. I feel yeah. like oh, yeah. Sir, yeah. Patrick. sir Patrick. Sir Patrick. Yeah. The great thing about the breaking away from those tropes of expectation is that Green Room pulls the the card of keeping you um, tense. Because you're afraid of what the movie's willing to do and to show you, if they're willing to dispatch these characters so quickly and some of them so brutally, I mean, the oh, yeah. singer of the band should survive, right? And yep, we he's the front man, yeah. We see him, uh, his neck devoured by this mm-hmm. awful dog. Yeah. The, yeah, the drummer is so certain of himself and is so willing to like put himself in between the bad guys and the rest of the band and then goes out the kitchen window and just... <laughs> Just yeah. in the back, he's, he's the one. He's the one crazy. that showed himself most capable to right. survive. And you're he, like, he's the one. He's the alpha male. He end. will make it. Right. And his death was so unspectacular. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All these deaths were like that to me. It was because it was so fast. Like nothing was super ceremonious about any. I was like, oh, they're dead. Next yeah. thing, it happened so quickly that you can't, you can't get settled at all. I it think the most so shocking death for me is Daniel when he just gets shotgun in the side of the freaking head when he's at yeah. the bar. Yeah. I was just like, whoa, my gosh. Because right. at that point, you're like, yes, the gun is there. He knows about the gun. We've seen the gun. It's been foreshadowed because we saw it when the singer was laying on the floor. They're saying, oh, man, we forgot the gun outside. He's going to grab it. It's going to be awesome. And then, boom, he's just got no head left. But then how about the next second? <laughs> What's his name? Pat. The, the bassist. The crier. He was the crier of a movie. Yeah. He just had to turn around and machete that guy's machete neck. that dude in I the thought, neck. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's your first, I was thinking like, oh crap, that was your first experience killing someone. And yeah. he even goes like, like he shakes himself after yeah. I thought. Ugh. I mean, and he's in crippling amounts of shock because his yeah, arm is bleeding out. Hamburgered up. He's can got you, a duct taped arm. Can we go back and ask questions? Yeah, please. I had so many questions yes. that oh, I got great. that got vetoed and then now I can't remember them all. But oh. Um, well, yeah, Bethany, you have a bad reputation of asking movies, asking questions during a movie. Because I'm trying to understand Before the it. movie has a, an opportunity to resolve right. those and, questions. Right, and usually the response from us is, will you please just wait 30 seconds? They're about to answer your question. But I want to hear your questions, say, always, Bethany. Let's just say sometimes. <laughs> now and then. And 
in I, an endearing and lovely way. Part of it was I couldn't hear what they were saying, not because well, the TV was low, but because they they sounded. Well, there's a lot of really Patrick, subtle dialogue. Yeah, yeah, it's very subtle. So even, like even the watching door. it, watching yeah. it two or three times, you start to catch a lot of the subtleties. Patrick Stewart, especially as that subdued, calm, terrifying leader, Crazy. he's so he keeps giving out, keeps giving out. Um, orders to everybody and his orders there they don't make sense at first but as you watch the right. film they all they all start to connect like even all this stuff was no. just like okay who's on the list no more names unless they've got red laces yada, yada, someone yada. still so, that still was confusing so you you ask your questions, questions because i i have so much respect for the screenwriters of this film it's like <laughs> you're gonna like this comparison it's like home alone yeah, I like Home Alone. Home Alone, very similar. Home Alone does an astounding job at at connecting all the threads and filling any plot holes. This film is on the level with Home Alone. <laughs> Man, wow. what any okay. film could aspire to be. What What's amazing is that so many insignificant details, seemingly insignificant details, become so vital Absolutely. by the end of the film. Good, good. What okay. is the thing? So <laughs> let's connect ask, those together. Ask your questions. Together. Ask your question. Well, I think the first one was what. I, I need to understand. I want to make sure I understood the premise of what was happening in this universe. Yes. I get it. They showed up. They got this gig. Why is that girl stabbed in the head? Whose boyfriend is she? She. Did they find out she was leaving with that one guy yes. who was shot in the face? Yes. yes. And so who killed her? A band? The other band? That worm. The big, ugly, ugly, scary guy yeah. who said, you guys... What he said, what was, was the name of that song? Why you did guys, he kill her? Because, because she was leaving. She was he, defecting or yeah, whatever. He knew she was leaving and so with the him. band, there was a band in there when she got stabbed in the head. He no. was in the band. Yeah, cow, cow Catcher. He the was head, in that band. Yeah, he, yeah. he was the some member of that band. So he would be on stage playing when she would leave. Right. During, during their song, uh, Flesh Wolf. she was killed during um, the, the, the Ain't, Ain't Rights set. set. Yeah. yeah. And if you noticed... Uh, Patrick Stewart very subtly the movie delivers this detail pretty sneakily saw to it that Cowcatcher would be dead mm-hmm. right by the end because he didn't right. trust them the so drugs. he purposely he gave, him, gave him a bad Fun- funky dose. heroin catch yeah. That. Yeah. yeah okay okay so that was so helpful. he's a criminal and genius. the girl was a Nazi too the blonde girl she, she said she said she's not a Nazi yeah but she had white laces in so she was obviously within the culture yeah. And then what was the red? Red laces in this instance. So white and red laces b- are both often. Red are killers? Yeah. Red <laughs> like bas- you're in the gang. Yeah. Red, red's like you've, you've done enough that to get in the gang, which no, in this instance seems to be you've shed blood for the cause. That sweet little um, tender Nazi guy. <laughs> Couldn't handle it. Mm. Oh, yeah. Gabe. Bless Gabe. his heart. I mean, yeah. you can just tell from the. I liked him. Well, I he liked just him saw too much. Yeah. And yeah. I liked that he was human. Okay. So. He just wanted to be a club manager. <laughs> he actually did a lot with that performance when it doesn't it, it didn't involve yeah. a ton. Right. He communicated a lot in his like he body really language did. and mannerisms. Yeah. He did yeah. really well. He's an excellent yeah. actor. He was the, with, the with acting all around in this is fantastic yeah. too. Mo- yeah. Most of the character of Gabe it was just reaction and delivering stock lines that served the exposition of the plot. Yeah. And we were able to understand like Oh, he wants to prove himself, but he's not completely comfortable here. He doesn't fully believe in it. He's he had a lot of really subtle acting yeah. going in there that but was really effective. He he seemed to be thrust into situations you didn't really want to control, but you were still looking at him to control them. Yeah, because at first the beginning he established himself as the leader. As right. The, yeah, right. he took control of the situation. He calmed everyone right. down, and then even along the way, you're you're looking at him to 
to move the plot along and even give us moments of exposition. The the lovebirds. Mm-hmm. This is this kind of. I, it was hard to keep up the first time, but you you catch a lot more of the details second and third time around the lovebird so the girl that was killed Emily. in the green room and uh, you know old knife head Daniel <laughs> knife head not Dan and yeah. then um, yeah the, the, lo- the red Daniel. shirt Daniel right red who, Jackie, who was yeah. waiting in the car running uh-huh. he was sitting in the car and it was running because they were going to leave oh. um, Gabe the guy we like the club manager <laughs> yeah <laughs> he he it was he was giving out information to Patrick Stewart about how that they were a, an item and right. that led Patrick Stewart to the trunk and he pulled out the bat and it made me believe that's that why he kissed him yeah because he said, he said you've saved us all and it made me believe that the two of them were going to split and they were going to use that evidence to to oh. to break away Barry, everybody not get Basically. that either because I couldn't yeah. figure out yeah. why the bat mattered right because the bat was from was some up. kind of Nazi like pro- violent protest the Easter before and they were using that either as insurance so that they wouldn't come after them or, like Tyler said, to like put them away, basically. Okay. And like hand it over to the police. So they were ready to run. And they and were, that's why they were cousins killed. with Mohawk Guy. And that's why... It's just such a simple plot. It really right. is. It's just like yeah. s- utterly yeah. super, so super cleverly written the and rights, amazingly directed. The Ain't Rights show up to play a show and this, this uh, love triangle happens to all fall apart at the Wait, same time. Wait, how... How does the Mohawk guy involved? The Mohawk guy is Daniel's cousin. Yeah. That's why he makes that comment about like, oh, you're going to see my cousin Daniel stick with him. It's fine. I've got to stay here because I've got to vacuum and prep for them because they're coming. And then oh. they show because they're like coming to stay yeah. here. Yeah, him and him so then when they show up, they're like, hey, I heard you, heard you and your girlfriend are going to stay with your cousin Tag, who we were just with. He's like, don't freaking mention that. Because oh. like they're, oh. they're yeah. running, they're yeah, running away in secret. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. and it can't be found out, which is why yeah. they have like a secretly like, passed signal. Like in this song, we're going to dip. We got to go. Which was actually the, the moment oh. where Daniel See? yokes him up, where Daniel yokes Tiger up and says, don't, you know, don't say an effing word about that. Mm-hmm. It works twofold because it works as this bit of exposition that only makes sense later into right, the third the act end, of the movie. Yeah. And it sets up this disquiet where you're like, well, uh, this is already weird. Right. You know, right. They've, sh- uh, they've shown they up out. and there's tension. Yeah. 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 What's, what's so amazing to me as, as, as you watch Patrick Stewart try and solve this problem he has with this punk rock band hold up inside his, his, club and what a bummer right they just uh, trying to do a show I and now they it. gotta kill everybody They're just trying to get some <laughs> neo-nazis amped to commit crimes yeah yeah uh so the they're trying to sift through all of their um belongings to see how they can resolve this situation because obviously they want to they want to get rid of them but Damn shift it. the blame distance themselves and you see them going through all their stuff they pull out the the gas siphon yeah. And then he asks, do you have a do not trespass sign? He said, yeah. no, I have a beware of dog. And he says, even better. And you're like, what, what? does that mean? No. And yeah. then you I see the dog start attacking. And then later you see the beware of dog sign and the, the mm-hmm. van in front of the gate. All of that unfolds so, so well. But what's amazing is that at the beginning of the film, as they're driving to that warehouse, there's it. a long shot of that gate. Yeah, with no sign. By. With and it's you don't see the front of the sign; you see the back of the sign. Yeah, mm. and it's so ominous, but you have no idea how significant. Well, there's that even is. this beautiful piece of foreshadowing where they're interviewing with Tag, the Mohawk guy, and he's like, "You want to be doing this when you're 70?" And the singer goes, "Oh man, I'm not going to live till I'm 70." 
And you're oh, like, no, you freaking ain't because you're going to die tomorrow. What, what was the deal with the machetes and not the guns? Because they, cause bullet no wounds don't look like dog wounds. But if they machete them to death yeah. and let them bleed out and then the dogs bite them and chew them oh. up, then they'll look like they so were killed by dogs. So let him die with meat in his mouth or well, whatever. Is that what well, he yeah, he, the, the lovebird said, tell me the rules. Yeah. And he Daniel. said, blades only and don't hit the bone. It can be sloppy, meaning the dogs are going to uh, chew them up right. and hide the evidence of the knife, the, cuts. the knife cuts. Yeah, but bullets would have pierced it too deep or hit bone, and that would. Which is why Patrick Stewart said, "If you do shoot, you're going to be digging, digging the slugs out. out yourself." Right. Right. Because they they wanted to set it up so that when forensics Got came, it. it looks like they came were attacked and killed by dogs while they were trying to steal gas yeah. from the the jeep or truck okay. or whatever. Yeah. A lot of pieces coming together. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. the crazy thing is uh, some of these things, you don't have to pick up on them to get a good story out of this. Some of the stuff so subtle. Like you could gloss over a lot of it, like mm-hmm. the first viewing, and you would still get a good Everything good you know for the action and the pacing is obvious enough. You right. understand right. The, the threat. You understand the tension. That's all on the surface. The subtleties of how they're actually resolving the little intricacies of the story are actually masterfully done, yep. and they come up more and more with repeated viewings because i noticed this evening this was the third time i'd watched it and uh there were several things that i was like oh i didn't hear that last time and it 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 hadn't complicated my understanding of the movie at all but i was like oh i appreciate that even some of the subtleties uh, or the attention to detail that jeremy jeremy sonier has with something as simple as daniel steps out of the car we see daniel put the keys in the, the visor, visor right so that and and patrick stewart character darcy sees that happen as well so that when he looks back he knows oh i can go over there i'll get the keys out of the visor it's right. just this nice Cause darcy told him to give him to gabe and he like we now know with retrospect oh no he's thinking he needs to have the keys to escape yeah. so i'll just put them here yeah. which is almost acquiescing to darcy's request but enough that i can still escape with emily not knowing that she's dead in the green right, room right they make you pay attention to all these little details even uh what's what's kind of the we're saying there's levels here and you 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 can enjoy the scenes for the tension that they have on the surface but then as you discover the small details and how much thought they put into each scene you appreciate it even more so like when they're first trapped in the green room um they're stuck in there with that giant guy who's Fat got just who's got a gun big and a big Justin, box cutter so. yeah and uh their first initial fight uh they they um they hit the door and they bust open the vent just enough so that you right. can see through it and it's all those moments of tension they're like well they're trapped in this room with a guy who's enormous they can't all take them he had a gun now he's going to hold his arm in that pin while she looks through the vent that his foot just kicked as she sees the feet of the red laces outside oh, the door that part all of that terrible combined is like this is just really masterfully done yes. and it's just aggravating to watch yeah so bethany something that i wondered as we were watching it is uh as someone who does not often watch movies that are particularly thrilling violent or uh, <laughs> as thrilling. this is the, the the brutality in this movie is is pretty uh yeah. it's at I'm a curious nine what, how yeah. you're gonna rate all the like 
what, know what you call what, the skill set of putting bullets in someone's head and making it look realistic. Whatever. Oh, that the is. practical effects are amazing. Yeah. They okay. are amazing. I in fact, they were great. the only effect that's recognizably CG is the shotgun blast to the face. Yeah, right. and even that's like in the dark, so it, it's so fast. It's too. over really yeah. fast. I would have never known it was CG. Uh, most of the effects, and I, you know, I haven't like looked at the effect reel or anything, are very obviously practical. The right, the, the box cutter to the abdomen, the squibs necks. that shoot blood out of the heads, yeah. and the machete chops, oh. all that stuff. When she pops that really guy in the neck in the basement, and then. The mm-hmm. shots of Pat and his neck is still just spurting blood out of that bullet yeah. wound. So good. So I, I realize you watched a lot of the movie through your fingers. Did you find that particularly a- upsetting? Yeah. Was it effective? Did it yeah, get a I reaction out of you? Physical it responses it her. to me, or, and even verbal, which doesn't happen all the time. That's the thing that doesn't usually happen. You know, you make noise out out of your body. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware. Like yeah. I felt. I was having those and those were like legitimate. They weren't like trying to get attention or anything weird like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like legitimately like startled by you were. Yeah. I heard experience during the, uh, the, the few glimpses of his hamburger meat arm. You were making like six, six sounds. Yeah. yeah I, understand I can't that. even I talk about that. right now. It makes my eyes water to talk about it. So <laughs> I feel it's yeah. just, I, I mean, I like that it, I, I like that it was like realistic. I felt like that's why I was so, like repulsed by it but yeah by the the and every time i was shocked by each of the violent attempts so every time i was having a physical i probably was yeah smushing you. i mean when when big justin got sliced up bethy just went <laughs> and like almost like yeah. fully stood up from the couch it was a sight to see yeah. so i i think that was good i mean i I think that's how I'm supposed to respond. Yeah. Felt yeah. realistic. Yeah, you shouldn't you'd be enjoying it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was I don't I can't I don't usually see stuff like that, but I thought I mean I can watch a war movie where people get right. shot. Did you think that the violence was necessary for this movie? Uh I guess so. Yep. It's pretty extreme. I think so since it had such an easy little plot. Like you gotta have another you gotta have like a spicy edge. Easy plot. Oh. Or like a know. simple plot. It was like it's hey, pretty streamlined. It is. And they got stuck in a room. People they see a bad thing, bad. they try to I mean, escape the bad thing, they can't escape the bad thing. Yeah. Some escape the bad thing. Right. Yeah. It seems like the tension is enough and then when you start getting the right. the ultra but that's violence. Such a, what like I liked about the, the violence the old in and out. is the element of surprise. <laughs> like I found that was like yeah. a fun part of the movie, which sounds weird. A big part. It's very surprising. But it's very every time I felt surprise no, every I think, single time i think that makes perfect sense and we talked about this on an episode not so long ago that if the violence had happened off screen in green room or had it been you know a pg-13 version of the violence um the movie would not be half as effective i, d- I think the movie wouldn't have even been able to maintain tension the way that it does mm-hmm. because the right. way that the director shocks you by showing you the first truly graphic thing which is this the, the chopped arm. up arm, Pat's yeah. arm yeah. and it's yeah. such a shocking image <laughs> oh, gosh. that from there on out you're like well if that's how bad it is now how much worse right. is it gonna where get? are we yeah. going from yeah. here then yeah, you go for the jugular yeah. poor justin's belly boy <laughs> yeah. oh boy that moment uh, with his arm i keep coming back to this that moment with his arm pat's it's arm so or the broken arm no when they're cutting up his arm yeah it's it so doesn't show it does it, it i know show the no you no. don't know what's that going what on you think he's just it? fighting yeah, for the, the gun machine. that's what's so masterful about it is that you don't know what's going to happen and then when it finally does start happening, it's happening out of sight. Yeah. yeah. And you think, okay, how is this going to play out? And the one it finally, like, 
when you finally do see what happened, it you your worst nightmares are actually playing out. Right. You're thinking, oh crap, they're not pulling their punches. That is that is a severe attack that he just received. Yeah. yeah. Not only did they hack his arm up with a machete, but it seems to be held together by ribbons. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then and they duct tape that. Ground. And they have this. <laughs> no, like, Anton oh. Anton Yelton did so well carrying that character did. And, do, and, and pulling off those scenes. Yeah, the the way that he plays the character as slipping further into a state of exhaustion and um, you know what I can only assume is blood loss fatigue. Right, mm-hmm. shock is yeah. so fantastically done. By the end, there's even like a, a little note of comedy in the performance when. Yeah. He's like carrying that little pistol across this van, you know, uh, trained on this Nazi, and it like kind of gets his sleeve stuck on right, the rear view mirror. Right, his button gets caught on the wing mirror. Because yeah, because he's, you know, n- n- uh, within an inch of collapsing. Yeah, and he and uh, this unlikely friend that he's made are both, you know, just so drained that it's uh, to me both satisfying that they would stay the course and go have this final like Western shootout. And it's uh, somewhat believable that like, well, they've, they're clearly so traumatized at this point They're She's right. been shot. His arms hamburger. They have no idea what's going on. They're exhausted. It, it makes all the sense in the world to me that they would continue to stagger out into the yes. forest to yeah. confront Patrick Stewart. I think that Darcy. that, that, is what makes me love this film so much is that the characters are so great. This punk rock band is so fantastic. I love them. <laughs> I like <laughs> right. They're, they're, I wish you, they were a real band. Yeah, and and you you want the best for them. Like you you you're first introduced to them and they're in they're all asleep in their van in a cornfield because they the lead singer fell asleep behind the wheel, and they all realize that they could have died, but they they didn't and so they immediately start getting on his little bmx bike to ride down the road and siphon gas so it's like these guys are barely getting by but they'll take whatever gig they can because they just want to play the music like lunchtime in a mexican restaurant lunchtime (laughs) in a mexican (laughs) restaurant and but it kills the tour and you're just so bummed for them and they finally get this last show and all of this is happening and it's pretty ominous and they finally get to that that this gig at the neo-nazi warehouse and they're playing what is inevitably their last set and it's so ominous and it's so beautiful and it's in slow motion and every everybody in the audience is just thrashing each other because they're so into the music and it's like that moment of of like uh it's like you guys could probably describe it better because you were in a punk rock band who traveled this way. But it's like, this, that is the moment they're working so hard to achieve. And, and what's so great is that y- you want them to succeed. You want the best for them because they're, they're just kids out there taking risks. And for them to be in this situation, you don't, you don't want them there. Like other horror movies, you don't care about the protagonist yeah, disposable. as much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. These people, like you, are sincerely attached to. I one of the apart all all that is true. And let me add on one of the parts that endeared me most to the characters, especially to Pat, because this I think for me this is the point where Pat became the protagonist for me. Was when they go out and he said in the green room, guys, I have an idea. And then he's all nervous and maybe from Arrested Development, just like I do it, or I'll tell them you're Jewish. And then they 
play the cover of the Dead Kennedys na- Nazi punks f off to a room full of Nazi punks. Right. I'm like, man, that's so freaking clever and funny. And I'm like, I love yeah. that he had the gumption to do that. And it made me really even more so like, man, I love these guys because they are clearly stupid and brave <laughs> in equal measure. Yeah, they're brave and authentic and risk takers just down on their luck. So you want them so badly to succeed. It's like jokes. They're jokesters. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're so likable. That that ongoing gag about Desert Island bands. Yeah, that's yeah, that was that's good. great writing. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a great like lyrical refrain to the screenwriting in that moment where they're doing this interview and Pat's clearly uncomfortable with it, even though it seems to, to not be in anything of a big deal whatsoever. It's just this mohawked guy that does a college radio station or something. And maybe a zine. Yeah, and, and a, maybe and a, a zine. A printed zine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and when he asks them why they don't maintain an internet um, uh, you know, they don't have social media accounts. They don't uh, keep up with any of that stuff. Pat has this uh, n- not perfectly articulated thing about like, well, there's there's just something to their be- music being a momentary thing that you share with someone live and then that's it. It's over. Uh, it just lives in that moment. And then later, the director chooses to give them their last set as this moment that's depicted, you know, in slow-mo with this, you know, these ominous soundscapes over it because they're, they're doing that. They're doing that thing that he described mm-hmm. and, and unfortunately they're going to die afterwards. Yeah, and it wasn't like uh, what would be a stereotypical move. It's like, oh, it's their big show. It's like they finally made, it's just like some cruddy show and then they were making fun of all the attendants like you guys are saying and then they won them over, it seeming like as they kept playing, but it wasn't like a, Anything out of the ordinary, it seemed there like. There was no extra significance. Or right. It was just right. like they were just having just a good a time. show, yeah, where they yeah. were going to get a good paycheck to get so home. that they could get home to D.C. without without siphoning uh, gas. What happens? <laughs> what are we thinking happened to Gabe? Do we think he called the police? And, and if the police come, what's going to happen? Yeah, G- Gabe said we need the police. He went to the orchard happen? and he said we need the police. And in my mind, the police will come and go, oh, my. And then everything will get sorted Won't out. Will they be indicted? Gabe and Pat and Imogen Poots' character. Amber. Is Amber. that a real person? Yeah. Her name, Imogen Poots. That's a real name? That's yeah. her real name. My they gosh. will all be able to corroborate each other's story and the evidence yeah. should line up quite Especially because Gabe right. says, I want to go to jail. So right. he will okay. throw himself under the bus. By the end there, it was, n- it was more about just surviving it was more than just surviving. It was about making sure that the the story of them being killed by dogs didn't actually right. become yeah. right. 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 Pat says, I wanted to come mess up the crime scene. Yeah. Yeah. To make sure justice was done for his friends. Right. I, you know, it's something that's inevitable when you watch one of these survival horror ish movies, or at least with that thread throughout is you can't help but think, uh, and it's it's great. It's effective. Uh, oh, they should do this, or they should do that, or don't do that. You know, you're you're projecting yourself and your own uh, survival tactics in, into and onto the characters. Like, grab something, grab something. And Bethany was doing it. We were watching tonight. She said, um, "No, no, no, stupid." Like, uh, when, oh, <laughs> when they were gonna allow, uh, I think it was Big Justin to. Yeah, they're like, he passed out. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, that was it. That was exactly Don't let yeah. go of his neck. She's like, Hold oh, on. he's out. Let him go. And she's like, nope, nope. Freaking grab <laughs> him. took care of him right now. I, said, I thought they lost me when they said we should split up. 
It's like, guys, don't no. do that. Yeah, you never split There's up. That's another thing, too. I was like, just, and I, I don't want to say that about anybody, but I'm like, just, you got to just shoot that baby. He's crazy. <laughs> like, you're just going to have to shoot. You mean Big, Big Justin? Justin? No. Well, I was thinking that, too, but um, Patrick but Stewart. Oh, uh, the nice. end, Darcy? I know, I thought he seemed nice. Oh, man, kinda. that. I was conflicted about him, but I. That shot with Darcy where he's getting shot in the leg and the back and none of them are fatal and he's turning around with that giant gun and you're like, oh, are you freaking kidding me? There's going to be more and he's going to kill Pat or Amber and then boop in the head and he just shoots and it goes into the truck. I thought, great aim, everybody. (laughs) Come on, shooters. Can I finish this thread? Oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) What I was going to say is that it, it becomes not fun. When you hear people become critical, uh, I talked to someone recently that was critical of the movie because they decided that something they did was not smart and therefore the whole movie had to be scrapped. That's foolish. They're like, they they didn't get enough weapons out of that room. It's like, what are you talking about? What else was in there? They had a broken uh, fluorescent light. They had a box cut. I mean, it's not like they were endlessly resourced. And right. even there if they would have... Downstairs from the basement? Yeah, even if they would have gotten everything that they possibly could have, everyone else had guns and dogs and machetes. Right. You can't, you can't kill a gun-toting Nazi with a mic stand. Right, he will shoot you. And they don't know how to wield weapons. Like right. that. The other thing is, I, was, I thought the Punk maybe character kids. was great because she like used the fire, <laughs> whatever. The fire extinguisher. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was. I great. thought that's what I would probably do. Just start actually, shooting that crap. That saved her some time. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Effective. saved her twice. I, I know. That's. I was thinking that's good. From those stupid freaking dogs. Dogs <laughs> are so frustrating. Are terrifying. I, uh, I love the way that it spiraled out of control when it was just um, <clears throat> Anton Yelton and Imogen Potts. Poots. Poots. Sitting in that sitting in that couch, and she wants to hear the rest of his paintball story. Yeah, uh-huh. because you get these 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 um, flashbacks, these <coughs> monologues from characters. In, we assume in, the rest of that story films. is coming around at some right. point. And so when they cut it off at one point, and they're like, "That's your pep talk." I thought, "Oh, that's funny," because they didn't give him his monologue. But yeah. then they brought it back, and it happened to be very you know uh, relevant to their current situation man that bit where she crawled out of the couch was so <laughs> cool would like you the ring. god man what <laughs> so they start they start putting on war paint and sh- shaving oh, i didn't know you were doing another synopsis of and, the movie uh, well i hadn't even gotten <laughs> to the spiraling yet <laughs> jeez <laughs> he's not even over the lip let alone falling over and spiraling oh my keep goodness. trying man he's probably going to comment on some more things <laughs> he thinks are cool <laughs> So they finish the story, and then they get all Rick. Uh, what was that guy's name? He said a few Silva. Times. Rick Silva on these on these neo Nazis, and so, and he starts going on about Odin himself. I thought this is so great. These punk rock kids are really fighting back. And then when she crawled out of that couch, wasn't it great, Tyler? I that thought, part. My goodness, this is a good movie. And she's <laughs> giving him her jacket so he looks like one of the skinheads. Yeah. Oh my god. She's gosh. shouting off how many shots he has left because they said it while she was in the room. It's brilliant. Do you notice that during his monologue of gibberish, he yells out "shazbot," which is the swear word from Mork and Mindy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh. I was wondering. I thought he was speaking a Nazi word. That's what I thought. I thought it was some kind of Nazi language. Uh, Nazi. Oh, German. <laughs> and when push comes to shove, we see like moments of like innocence. No offense to our listeners in Germany. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I just thought it was like a. When you see <laughs> moments of innocence, German. Bethany, when they would say things like, "Oh, the real band I would take would be." Uh, 
bullshit with the Simon and Garfunkel Madonna and Slayer instead of like the cool punk bands or something Prince Prince yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great I like the that moments was a great moment. of yeah. humanity like that like yeah. that and I thought another weird one which was good was when the crazy Nazi dog guy was like talking with affection about his dogs like yeah. you know i thought that yeah. was like a good humanizing moment when the dog went and died on him or whatever yeah i thought that was like Sad. oh oh i love that bit where they're both lazily actually pulling the triggers right. on that and dog just and clicking, just clicking yeah. as it as it passes yeah. slowly yeah when that ending was first uh playing out i was so scared that that dog was going to walk past them put its head down on the arm of its master and with his last breath he would whisper that kill command yeah and oh. then as it cut oh. back to them sitting there in the dirt uh-huh. it would jump on them i thought and that, that was would like be, a i thought that would be the final scene the dog would be fussing i thought right. he was going for yeah. game is what i thought i th- i think what? that they wanted you to think that tyler i thought that that was, was that purposeful f- misdirection yeah. final moment oh, of tension i didn't because they they de- deliver on the shocks relentlessly to the degree where we have no idea. There's no predictability left whatsoever in this yeah. movie by the time you get... And they don't let up on the shock value up until the last moments of the film because you understand, well, something crazy is about to happen between them and these guys. Uh, when the guy turns around with his dog, he just opens his mouth to say something and she blows him away. <laughs> yeah. And well, you're She's like, like, oh my shut God. Up. And then he says what we're all thinking. He says, oh, we're doing that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That yeah. And that line, <clears throat> he said, it's funny, you were so much scarier at night. Yeah. Like, that's so true. What it's, it's like the director is just pulling back the curtain on all these horror movies and the predictability of all of them and they're just, he's just saying what we're all thinking. And he's overcoming his fear, and it's this. This is the first time they're seeing him, right? Because they've only talked to him behind the door. This this is the first time they've seen him face to face. No, he saw saw him through the crack of the door. Because he gave him the door, gave him the gun, or sort of. They ran outside, and but even then, that shot is like he can't really see him because he like steps back. This is the first face to face that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I it I thought tonight while we were watching it, I was like, man, this just this movie delivers on so many classic sustainable levels that I really think green room will be a movie people are watching for a long time and that they'll say it'll become a thing, you know, like a decades from now, like, yeah, green room, my dad's a green room. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. I hope my son grows up and, and daughter grow up and enjoy green room. I think it, I think that it's going to have an enduring legacy. There's so much there to make it unique and to keep it around. Yeah. It's authentic and plausible and exciting and horrifying all at once. And that last line is so great. Yeah. It is. It really is. It <laughs> just ties it all together so great. I wonder what his choice would have been. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great. Uh, Peter is on the, the show sometimes. We all saw it together in the theater, and he was so excited about that last line. He's like, it was so perfect because no one gives a crap at that point what he's, what he's thinking. <laughs> it's over with. It's like everyone's dead, man. Who cares about what band you want to listen to forever? <laughs> I thought it was a humanizing moment, too. I liked it. Yeah. I was thinking, like, oh, man, you've had so much trauma. I thought, get this man to a hospital. He's got duct Me tape too. holding his arm together. Right. He is somebody. moments away from death. What? What do the critics say about, or what are the people who have feelings? It was really well received. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Promising uh, entry from a promising young director. What do we put it up against? Like when we think about Green Room in the future, what does it like, or in our past, what does it compare to that we we would see? What kind of category? It stands alone to me. 
no other movie you would compare it to? I don't know how to compare it to other movies. I don't think that it should be compared to other horror movies. I don't think that it really plays well against other psychological thrillers because it's such a simple, clean story. Even something like... Oh, I'm going to kill it. What? <laughs> it might be The Hills Have Eyes. Which is the one where the arm turns... The guy turns into a shrimp? District 9 District is nine? absolutely nine. not The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, <laughs> and okay. And also so probably... Okay, yeah, tell us why. One, is that, like, similar? No. I have no idea well, why. Well, one, one is about... Because one's scary. They're both scary. No, no, how about this? kind of psychological. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm not being ignorant here. No, you're no, not. No, I see I'm ex- what you're saying. Do you it's see interesting it? because Josh, was, before we started recording, he said the IMDb recommends if you like Green Room, and the list was all horror movies. Right. But not, not Except classic for ten, horror movies. Ten Cloverfield Lane and Ten Cloverfield Lane is a horror movie. Is that the one? Ten Cloverfield Lane. Not really. Ten Cloverfield Lane is not that different. It's about a person yeah. trapped in a, in a room with a killer. Yeah, it's I, very similar. similar. Honestly, it seems to be spoiler for Ten Cloverfield. Lane. If you yeah. think about like early Scorsese's like dark thriller movies, something like uh, Cape Fear or Taxi okay. Driver. Yeah. Um, where you have uh, some kind of stalking, realistic threat against a capable, not a helpless. Uh, those are the types of movies. Even even a Taxi Driver, where there's just a, you know, there's something sinister going on, and there's blood, there's bloodshed, and you know, Pink how do we define yeah. those movies? We this don't. This movie they don't is fit neat categorically. Sure, it, it carries its tension because of how leverage is passed back and forth between each side, between the antagonist mm-hmm. and protagonist, so quickly. And the misdirection is so great because you see that they're up against neo Nazis, but that really doesn't have anything to do with the movie. The fact that they're the no them being neo Nazis heightens the severity of them. it does, but they they could it have been any kind crazy. of other hate group, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. And it, it, it just kind of gives you like a. a framework of a culture in which you understand like oh these are bad exactly people. that's what's yeah, so cool that's about what it. i that's what was my main point when i wrote that that must see green room blog it was is that the protagonist this punk rock band is so authentic and so likable but the antagonists are genuinely frightening and so so plausible yeah. the way that this unfolded was just too believable. Well, on the way back from the movie theater with Peter, I was arguing that there there are neo-Nazis in Portland, Oregon, where this was shot. Like, this is a real thing. There are, like, right-wing skinheads. And there's probably a green punks. room. In, their club. in some kind there's of music. club. There's music. There's too. punk music exists. Like, the this is a real thing that could happen. Yeah, and that's horrifying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So don't ever be in a band like that <laughs> and do that. Don't ever be in, in a neo-Nazi Just, band. I wanted, no, I did don't be feel in a punk weird, band strangely to connected place. to the punk rock band people because I was associating them all with showbread, you know? <laughs> and so it made me feel some different feelings. It made you feel different feelings. I have a, a question for Bethany that could help us wrap up our episode. Oh, yeah. Um, Bethany, now that you have endured green room because up until now there had act- there had been an occasional talk of like oh we should get Bethany to watch it or we'd all be celebrating it and she'd say I think I could watch it and Tyler would go you would never ha- you will hate it you'll never be able to survive your head <laughs> like will three explode times even today. you'll pass out <laughs> you'll die you cannot handle it now do you think you'll you, you a little tougher a little more road road weary <laughs> I was thinking during the movie I was thinking look at me 
<laughs> we were busy watching the movie. Well, I was thinking that while stuffing my head in my jacket. But still, I was pretty proud of myself. Thanks for listening to You Hate Movies. You know, with all this unending fawning over Green Room, if there's someone out there who really hated the thing or has any pushback at all, now's the time to speak up. Leave a comment on this episode at youhatemovies.com, and while you're there, uh, buy a shirt. You know, as much as we go on about how we want everyone to buy a shirt, they're really almost gone, so now's your chance if you've been waiting.